This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, Tyrac.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Toyo Open Country AT3. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Thanks for listening to the best of the Doug Gottlieb show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from three to 6 PM. Eastern time. That's 12 to three Pacific on Fox sports radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox sports radio. And Boom! That's what we've got here on a Thursday of the Doug Gottlieb Show. So used to saying, and Johnny Ramos as well, but there's no John Ramos today. we got Joel Elliott sitting in for a while. Johnny, dealing with the first day of school with the kids. How about that? <laughs> Didn't know that that <laughs> first day of school. This show, by the way, starts at 3 o'clock Eastern time, noon Pacific. 
Jonas, it is my understanding kids usually go to school at like 8 o'clock in the morning. Isn't yeah. that about right? Uh, it sounds about right. But John Ramos needs to take the entire day off because of the first day of school. That's all right. We'll have John back tomorrow. Glad to have Joel with us. And uh, Ryan will be checking in. Ryan Music, our executive producer. A lot to get to today here on the Doug Gottlieb Show as we are in for Doug. And it's the topic of conversation. Well, pretty much everywhere. Who would have thought, Jonas, we would be talking about Marlins Braves in yeah. August leading into an NFL preseason week in the middle of training camps that Marlins Braves would grab our attention. But there's a reason that it grabs our attention because last night in Atlanta, as Ronald Acuna Jr. was stepping to the plate, trying to homer for the fourth straight game in the leadoff spot, actually it would be a sixth straight game with a home run if he was able to connect last night, he stepped in the box and, well, this is how it played out. The wine by Urania, first pitch, hit him. Uh-oh, drilled him in the left elbow. Acuna walking in the direction of Urania, and now he stops. He's in a lot of pain. And the Braves are coming out onto the field, and the Marlins are coming out onto the field. Brian Snickers right in the middle of it, barking at Jose Urania. That on the Braves radio network last night is then Ronald Acuna had to leave the game. By the way, the update day-to-day with that elbow contusion, but plunked after homering in five straight games, three straight games with a leadoff home run for Acuna, plunked last night against the Marlins. Many people, including the Atlanta Braves, were not too happy with what we saw last evening. Yeah, and I, I can understand why. They took it as a cheap shot. A guy was red hot, and so they thought, okay, well, let's let's cool this guy down. I Now, it should be said, I don't know if this is an indictment on the Marlins or just um, Urania for beaning him because it seems like it was just one guy out for to try and cool down a guy who's been red hot over the past several games. But, I mean, it's not like this is a first in Major League Baseball. It's not like we, we haven't seen these beanball wars before. This is part of what comes with Major League Baseball. I wasn't so outraged by it as everybody else, and that doesn't mean that my opinion is right or that I'm in the right with this. Maybe I'm just used to seeing things like this play out in baseball, and so I wasn't that surprised by it. I don't think that this is part of the unwritten rules, though. This is this is my issue with it. I get if a guy's hot, and you can say what you want with a bat flip. That is a whole other conversation that, that we'll dive into. But, Jonas, pitching inside is one thing. To plunk the guy on the first at-bat for the reason that so many of us are watching to me is is ridiculous. I think it's reckless on the account of the Miami Marlins and Jose Urania for the simple fact of the Braves are actually playing for something. So you may not like that a player has hit a home run in five straight games that has let off the last three games with a home run. You may not like the way that he bat flips, but guess what? The Braves are actually playing for a division title, and this guy is a big, big part of of why they are near the top and at the top of the NL East. This is why it is so ridiculous because the Marlins aren't even close to making the playoffs. They are irrelevant. They are just there. This is all about the Braves, and to do this because you have hurt feelings, to wreck the possible chance that the Braves could make it into the postseason by injuring one of their top players, to me, that's ridiculous. that's, That's absurd about it. And when we talk about the unwritten rules in Major League Baseball, there may be home runs in a game where somebody has, has hit some. Maybe there was a previous previous instance like Hunter Strickland and Bryce Harper had with the Giants and Nationals. 
This didn't seem to be the case. This was right off the bat of just plunking him, mad because he hit home runs. That, to me, is not in the unwritten rules of baseball. Um, it, it's it's the difference between old old school and new school mentality. But it's not like this is just exclusive to baseball. You hear commentators talk in the NBA. Like, if you're watching uh, NBA on TNT Thursday night games and a guy is red hot and there's no defense down low or whatnot, you'll hear Charles Barkley or Shaquille O'Neal or Kenny Smith say, listen, next time that guy gets in the lane, you got to knock him on his ass. That's not exactly the way you're supposed to play basketball, but it's the old school mentality, and it is part of the game. You've seen guys in the NFL talk about the new rules as far as a defenseless receiver or lowering the helmet or whatnot, and you'll hear old school players say, Well, I mean, back when I played, that was a legal hit. So I don't know what they expect anymore. And so now you're hearing a lot of people and some old-time baseball players and people around the game saying, look, that's part of the game. So it turns into this new school versus old school mentality. I'm not saying that, that I again, that I am right in this. I just wasn't Mm -hmm. that outraged or surprised by it because I grew up watching baseball, and that's kind of what I grew up watching. I think that the bat flip was mild. I don't think that it was showing anybody up. I have seen worse. I think that what we have seen with Acuna is actually great for baseball. And one of the themes that we've heard in Major League Baseball all season long, it's really been centered around Mike Trout of the Angels and why Mike Trout isn't a bigger star. And we have even the commissioner jumping out and weighing in. Gee, I wonder why we don't have stars if they're getting plunked because they are hitting home runs at a great rate over a certain team. Like this is this to me is a bigger part of a problem in baseball. We hear we hear the act like you've been there before. I remember Jeffrey Leonard back in the in the 80s playing for the San Francisco Giants. I have no idea on how many home runs Jeffrey Leonard hit in his career, but I can tell you when he rounded the bases, he had one flap down. And that was one of the things that you knew that Jeffrey Leonard and his home run trot would bring some excitement to baseball. It was a part of what he was doing. Now we can't even find out if a guy can homer in four straight leadoff at bats of a game and do it in six straight games because the other team has hurt feelings. We are limiting stars from doing what they were made to do just because the other team feels showed up or has hurt feelings. And that's ridiculous. What about if what if Ronald Acuna broke his elbow last night from that pitch and missed two months? Now not only are the Braves shorthanded going into a pennant race, but they are also without a big star, young star, that could help grow Major League Baseball, all because some Miami Marlins didn't like what he did the night before. And that is, I think, is a huge issue is why are we why are we so sensitive that we have to be butt hurt over something that is so minor? Yeah, and it's and and I agree with you on the point of you don't allow these guys to celebrate. Pitchers get a red ass if a guy uh, flips his bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jose Batista flipping his bat uh, got all sorts of reaction in the postseason several years ago. People get get pissed off at some of the Latin uh, uh, players and the way they they celebrate or they taunt or they run the bases or they make a play. I have no issue with any of that stuff. That I do agree that Major League Baseball could do something with and and could could try and help these guys build their brand, not just Major League Baseball, but their own personal brands by showcasing some of the talent. Like, Javi Baez is another one. A lot of people don't like Javi Baez because of the antics. Uh, Wilson Contreras of the Cubs is another one. There's other Latin players around the league who celebrate and showboat, and it's like Major League Baseball and some of the old like the people in Major League Baseball, some of the guys that have been around for years and years, don't like that sort of behavior. My whole point being 
This has been a part of the game for so long. It doesn't make it right, but it's just part of the game. And the fact that that people are tuning in and now saying, well, the, well, that's the problem with Major League Baseball. That's why uh, your sport is dying. That's why nobody cares about your sport anymore. For me and you, uh, like we've seen beanball wars before, right? We've seen people get hit with pitches before and and a, and a player shows, off, shows up somebody else and, and a pitcher goes out the next bat and hits them. I've seen it my whole life. For us, growing up watching baseball, this isn't going to make us not want to watch baseball. But for the new breed, for people out there that are, are trying to get into baseball and they see this sort of thing, they think, what the hell is this? Like, I think it would limit your growth moving forward, but I don't think it dampens the opinions of people that are watching the game currently. See, I, I just look at it as I know we've seen this in baseball, but I don't think we've seen this. I know that we've seen beanings, and I know that we've seen retaliations, and we've seen benches be warned and pitchers be warned because of history between teams. This guy was on a roll. That's what it was. This guy was hot, and the Marlins and Jose Urena, for some reason, felt offended or they felt that the only way to stop him. You know what you do? If you don't like how Acuna has been hitting or you can't figure a way to get him out, you know what you do? You walk him. You don't plunk him. You walk him. You let him go to first base if you don't want to face him. That's what you do. I don't think that this was – I don't know why the Marlins would get so hurt about this or why Jose Urania would feel so hurt, and that's the problem that I have, and I, I know the unwritten rules. I just don't think that they apply in this situation. I know what they did previously. That's not this situation. Nothing happened in the midst of a game. Nothing happened previously between these two teams. This kid is just hitting the the, the snot out of the ball and doing it at an impressive rate that robbed all of us of more action because the Marlins couldn't take it. I don't think it falls under the unwritten rules of baseball because this situation doesn't call for it. A team that's out of the pennant race, plunking one of the top stars for a team that's going for a pennant, that's not a part of unwritten rules of baseball. That's just stupid. And I also thought that well, a couple of things. To, so none of the Braves really made an aggressive attempt to try and get at him. Like, I think they were trying to figure out what the hell was going on because they didn't expect it. And I don't think anybody on the Marlins expected it either. Because yeah. I, this this felt like a guy going rogue and a guy who just sort of ignored and and forgot about. They're, they're going to play again, I guess, next week or within the next couple of weeks, they're going to meet up again. And I'm curious to see what happens if he gets in at bat, if he's not still suspended. I'm curious to see how it's handled from there. Because if the Braves go out and they tag a Marlin hitter, that goes to show you that the Braves feel like that was a team plan. Like the the, the plan was in place as a team. We're going to send this guy a message. But if the Braves go out and there is no retaliation, they're going to wait until they get their next shot at Urania. I mean, that's going to happen. It, it's It's... You know, uh, eye for an eye, uh, uh, two two rights don't make a wrong, or two wrongs don't make a right, mm-hmm. whatever. They are going to get some sort of justice. I'm curious to see when it happens. Don Mattingly, the skipper of the Marlins, has the tied the major league record for most home runs in consecutive games with eight. So I don't think that, as you said, like this seems to be, maybe be Urania going off on his own. Like it doesn't seem to me that Don Mattingly, who never got plunked in those eight games where he was hitting home runs and was allowed to do so, would do that. I mean, could you imagine the look of that? Like, it would be like, I don't want him to, to, to tie or break my record. Ken Griffey Jr. also hit it eight straight games. That's why, it, you know, your point about him doing it by himself, I think is of Urena doing it on his own, is is very legitimate because it would be an awful look for Mattingly, the skipper of the Marlins. You know, I, I mean, to be, heck, he holds the Major League Baseball record for it. How pissed do you think the Braves were that he got thrown out of the game? So that he couldn't get in at bat. 
Oh yeah, yeah, oh, you're man. right. Yeah, uh, because look, and and we can we can talk about well, you know, uh, it was wrong what they did. But if you're the Braves, you were just hoping he was going to get one turn at bat because he was going to get one in the ribs, guaranteed, and it was going to happen. So yeah, you just got to wait until next time. But hey, congratulations to Major League Baseball popping up on the national stage yeah. in August. Good for you guys. Here we go. There Major it is. League Baseball. You guys aren't talking about us. Well, you can talk about us now and why. You aren't talking about us. That's the reason Good why Major them. League Baseball shows again why people aren't talking about it. It's ridiculous. Like I would have watched. You would have break-ins on MLB Network of whenever Acuna went to bat. You remember those, like with hitting yes. streaks, you would have that. Or with Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. That is something that you could have got with Acuna if he homers last night. Now it's six straight games and he leads off. They're in four straight games with leadoff home runs. You would have break-ins with that. You would have something else to fight. I've always felt, Jonas, that a, a hitting streak, like a 40-game hitting streak in Major League Baseball, would do wonders for the sport to get us all really in. And this could have been something, and it's all wasted because of a team that's out of the, the playoff picture. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Mark Slareth Stink joins us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Hey, Mark, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, it's my pleasure, man. Good to be on with you guys. Yeah, so what is, what is your favorite week of the NFL preseason? Uh, the week it's over. Yes, the, probably my favorite. Week yeah. six, there it is. Week right. six, absolutely, absolutely. Hey, there's some news in your city of Denver. John Elway coming out today, and he made comments earlier this week of saying, "Hey, they may not be, they might not be set at quarterback. Maybe they'll look elsewhere for a number two behind Case Keenum." And he was asked today about Colin Kaepernick, and we know that Denver went down that road two years ago, and Elway brought up that conversation. He brought up the point of being, we offered him a contract two years ago. It didn't work out. We moved on. Is that a fair statement from John Elway in in assessing the possibility of of bringing in someone like Colin Kaepernick? Yeah, I mean, they're set at the starting quarterback position. So I think the one thing that you have to look at from Denver is, yeah, they did go down that road. They did try to give him an opportunity to come in and start and, and, you know, at least compete for a starting job. And he didn't want to negotiate with him. He had a figure in his head. They had a figure in their head. Um, they couldn't come to, you know, they couldn't come to an agreement. And one thing I know about John is once you say no to John, he's done with you. You know, I'm like, I'm moving on. The other thing is here in Denver, they finally have some stability with Case Keenum, or at least they feel like they have stability. It has been the last two years an absolute gong show here with Paxton Lynch and the fact that Paxton Lynch was a first-round draft choice, and now for three straight years he's been beat out in the competition by a seventh-rounder, twice by Trevor Simeon, now by Chad Kelly. And they're through with all those questions. Everybody has to ask about the backup quarterback, the backup quarterback, the backup quarterback. They are through with that. So they don't want to bring any of that in here. And like I said, Kaepernick was given an opportunity to come here two years ago, and he turned him down, so they're just done with that. Mark, what happened to Paxton Lynch? Well, I mean, Paxton Lynch just Paxton Lynch just can't process. He can't process information quickly enough. And, you know, oftentimes you say that and then people think and misconstrue that as, oh, the guy's dumb. That's not the case. There's a lot of really smart people that don't process information quickly. Just like you have an elite level of 40 time, you have an elite level ability to process. Some guys have it, some guys don't. And I would argue that the reason you see these collegiate players that are phenomenal and get to the NFL 
and can't play is because they're physical freak shows and they can dominate a college football game, you know, two or three times a year or four or five times a year when they're not faced like competition. You know, you go to a big school and there's two times a year or three times a year where you're facing somebody who's at your level athletically. So those guys just beat up on the smaller conference guys and the, and the lesser players, but they get to the NFL and everybody's physically gifted. Then it comes down to how quickly do you process information? And just like there's an elite-level athleticism, there's guys that have elite-level processing skills. And it doesn't mean that you're intelligent. It doesn't mean that you articulate well. It just means that you can see things on a football field and have instant reaction. That's why sometimes a guy like they drafted here in Denver, Josie Jewell, you know, everybody said, well, he just didn't, he just didn't run very fast. He didn't have a great 40 time at the combine. And I'm like, yeah, but he made every play. Every time you turn on the film, he's just at the point of attack making a tackle for a one yard gain. Like, there's something to that. And, and that's what I think ends up costing guys opportunities and costing guys careers. And for whatever reason, Paxton Lynch just couldn't process uh, an NFL defense, the speed of an NFL defense, and the variation of an NFL defense. Uh, Mark Schlair, three-time Super Bowl champion, uh, Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports Radio NFL analyst with us here uh, on FSR. Dan Byer, Jonas Knox in for Doug Gottlieb. How fair is the criticism that John Elway has gotten from some people in not being able to find that next great quarterback? <laughs> well, I would say, how many of them are there? Like three, four in the league? Like, it's not like they're just growing on trees and you pluck them. I mean, I think part of, I think part of, if you want to be critical, and, and I think this comes with John and, and positions you play. You know, when I'm analyzing a game on Fox and I'm watching this game, it's really easy for me to watch the game through a straw hole, you know, just to go whoop, right to my position, you know, right to what I'm used to, right to that line of scrimmage, right to that front seven, and not see anything else. And you've got to look at the totality of the picture, but that's what I'm comfortable with. So I think a lot of times when you've played and you're so as good as you are, I think John has done a phenomenal job of scouting defensive players. A guy like Malik Jackson, who went to a Pro Bowl, was drafted in the fifth round, and then got a big money contract with Jacksonville. You know, a guy like Vaughn Miller. You know, a guy like Chris Harris Jr. Guys that, and I, maybe he wasn't here when they when they drafted Chris Harris Jr. But the, the point being is he played quarterback. You're used to seeing what a good defensive player looks like on film. You're used to seeing the bend, the reaction time, all that stuff. I think sometimes, you know, you get clouded by that's what you've seen your whole career, and then you get enamored by talent from a quarterback position, but maybe you lose some of the intangible stuff that you've got to have to play the position well. Um, I would just say, one, you know, I think you're so used to looking at defensive players. Two, the college game doesn't prepare uh, college quarterbacks, for the most part, and it's not their job to do it, but it doesn't prepare them to play in the NFL, and, and I think that's an issue that you have as well. But uh, I think it's just hard to evaluate quarterbacks, and you know we're going to see a whole draft class full of them in the top ten picks this year. And let's face it, uh, maybe one of those top ten guys is, is going to go on to have a you know a stellar NFL career. NFL on Fox analyst Mark Schlereth joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Jonas Knox. I'm Dan Byer in for Doug. One more on Denver and in the quarterback situation. Did Was there a point where they thought Kirk Cousins was maybe a foregone conclusion? Because the only reason I ask, Nick, is because it seemed like before he went to Minnesota, all we talked about was Denver and the Jets. The Jets and Denver as possibilities for Cousins. 
And then Denver dropped the first domino when they signed Case Keenum. And I'm wondering if Cousins let them know. Was there at any point where they thought they were really in on the Cousins race? I think they were in on it. And I think Cousins basically said, no thanks. He looked at the roster. I think one of the things you have to understand is Kirk Cousins was represented by the same agent that Trevor Simeon was represented by. Trevor Simeon started 14 games, played hurt, played tough. Yeah, you know what? He lacks pure NFL skill at the quarterback, but he's as smart as anybody you've ever met. He'll make the right decision. Sometimes he won't deliver the ball on time or he won't deliver the ball accurately, but like he's not going to hurt you you know, from the standpoint of not knowing what to do. And he's represented by the same agent as Kirk Cousins. And he did all these things. And he comes in um, into training camp, not as the incumbent after starting 14 games and literally playing with his shoulder, having to be like duct taped to his body. And he plays the whole season that way. And then they open up the competition and they try to give it to Paxton Lynch who is the last guy in the, uh, in the facility, the first guy out of the facility, doesn't study, they can't find him for meetings. You know, I mean, how would you feel if you're Trevor Simeon go, wait a minute, I played, I mean, I played injured for you guys. I shouldn't even played last year. I played injured for you guys. And I walk into training camp, and you're giving this, you know, you're giving this dude an opportunity, you're, you're like an opportunity he hasn't earned. I mean, if you don't think that travels through the agent over to Kirk Cousins and says, hey, listen, we're not a very talented team. Our offensive line is not very good. We can't run the ball. And, oh, by the way, this is how I got treated over there. Like, I think Kirk Cousins just basically told them, thank you, but no thank you. I'm moving to a different organization. Um, last one for me for Mark Schlereth, uh, three-time Super Bowl champion, uh, NFL on Fox analyst uh, here on Fox Sports Radio, Dan Byer, Jonas Knox, and for Doug Gottlieb. There's so it's looking more and more like Sam Darnold is 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 getting more reps with the starters. Uh, the talk is he's going to make his debut and he's going to start the season as the starting quarterback for the New York Jets. How concerned would you be as a veteran on that team with Sam Darnold opening up Monday night at Detroit against Matt Patricia and the Lions? Yeah, I'd be. I mean, I would certainly be concerned, but you know, we all have to get our uh, initial start and you start to realize, you know, depending on where you are and, and how old you are, like you get very few opportunities to actually be good. And so I, I think you would have to look at that. Like if that guy gives us the best opportunity to at least to at least get to ourselves to a position where we're decent at the end of the season and then have a chance to really compete, uh, you know, he's in a great situation in New York because McCown is one of those guys that loves to mentor young players. He understands the value of that. Not that he doesn't want to start, he doesn't want to play, but he's the one guy that's not looking to say, hey, man, I need to be in the mix, and if you guys don't, you know, if you guys don't start me, I'm going to be a sour apple. He's the guy that will say, let me mentor a young kid. He's just he's wired that way. He's built that way. He loves that. It's kind of like the John Kitna of, of today's era of football. So I think those are great things. And I think you would look at it if the kid is talented, if he's working hard, if he's making the, if he's if he's jumped into the mental aspect of this game, then I think there's no question that guys would support the heck out of that in hopes that hey maybe by the end of the season we're racing for eight and eight or maybe we're racing for you know for for respectability and we're going to be really good the next couple of years. Two quick ones before we let you go, Stink. Number one, how long would you wait to play Baker Mayfield if you're Hugh Jackson in Cleveland? Um. I'd probably go for like like they're in a unique situation because let's face it, um, he wasn't the pick of that general manager. You know, I mean that's like they just retained him. So if you want to retain that job, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to win. 
I mean, that's what it comes mm-hmm. down to. So the best chance to win is playing a veteran quarterback in Tyrod Taylor, who took a Buffalo team to the playoffs, even even um, even while you know they were they were benching him for Peterman, you know, because of the front office. So I mean, he went through some controversy last year. Still took a team to the playoffs. Now they didn't perform well in the playoffs, but they got there. So I look at that and would would say probably six weeks. And then if we're out of it, they're probably going to make a change anyhow. But i got to do the best thing I can do for my guys to win. There's no question the Cleveland Browns are a far more talented team than they've been. Um, you just look at their roster construction. So uh, if, I don't, if I don't play the veteran, we're not going to win, and I'm going to be out of a job after week three. So I think at least six weeks before you make that move as an organization. And is Royce Freeman the real deal in Denver? Uh, you know what? I think so, but... They are, I don't understand, like, today on my radio show, I called Devon Booker, um, I look at him, and I was like, he's Sir Mix-a-Lot, he just loves to run in the big butt of his offensive lineman and fall down, <laughs> like, like, I don't understand why you continue to give Sir Mix-a-Lot opportunity after opportunity, they have been in a constant rotation at the running back position, and, and very much like last year with the rotation of the quarterback position, at some point pick a guy and let that guy be the man. And, and I think it will be Royce Freeman. Um, I just think he's a more talented guy. But he needs some mesh and he needs some carries. And more than, hey, you get one carry here and then the next guy gets one and then you get a pass pro and the next guy gets a pass pro and then we're going to mix in the third back in there. Like he needs to be in there for three drives straight. And, and get some attempts and get some pass protection opportunities. He, he needs that. Um, but they, like, I don't understand. I, there's not one play that Devon Booker has ever made, or Devontae Booker, whatever his name is, Devante, Booker. Yeah, yeah Devontae <laughs> Booker. See, I can't, that's how innocuous he is to me. Um, <laughs> I've never one time, re- he's had 250 carries. He's never broken a 20-yard run in 250 attempts. I've never one time rewind the film while I was watching him going, whoa, whoa, what was that? Let me see that again. Like, like there's no rewindable moments in his career. So I don't know if he's got pictures or what, but um, we just keep rotating him here, and I'm at camp every day, so I don't get it. Don't rewind, you fast forward. That's what you do. He's yeah. Mark Schlereth, the NFL on Fox Analyst, three-time Super Bowl champ. Stink, we appreciate it, and, uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your summer. My pleasure. You guys, too. Take care. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at noon Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. The uh, Cleveland Browns are going to be taking on the Buffalo Bills, I believe, on Friday. Those those teams play in Cleveland. And the, the Browns, in the news again, and it's not just because Des Bryant is visiting with the team today as the free agent wide receiver looks for work. It's more news about, what do you know, the quarterback situation in Cleveland surrounding Tyrod Taylor, Baker Mayfield, and I guess you could say Drew Stanton, Jonas, from the comments that Hugh Jackson made earlier at training camp. I've said from the beginning, you know, again, I think experience is important. So right now, Drew still has that experience, and we'll see how that all unfolds as we go. I, I know what you're asking. I haven't made that, that choice just yet, but I think his veteran presence says a lot. You know, he's playing a lot of games against a lot of teams we, we're going to start off against and play against. So I think that's important to definitely consider. That from Hugh Jackson. So, Baker Mayfield 
may not be the starting quarterback, and heck, may not be the second-string quarterback to start the NFL regular season. Now, I can appreciate what Hugh Jackson did there. A little, little gift to the radio god. Say, here's a segment for you guys. Toy around with this. Uh, Baker Mayfield not being, uh, not being second-string. It's really not that big of a deal. Um, and it's not that big of a deal, and it actually kind of makes sense when you think about it in terms of responsibility of a backup quarterback to if he's brought into a game. Now, if Baker Mayfield plays his ass off the rest of the preseason, who knows? Maybe he beats out Tyrod Taylor for the job, period. But what he's saying is not that Drew Stanton is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield right now, because I still think Baker Mayfield uh, is the second-best quarterback right now on the roster, but... In an emergency situation, do you really want to usher in Baker Mayfield into into a starting spot in the middle of a game, or would you rather turn it over to Drew Stanton? And it makes all the sense in the world. Like I actually get why Baker Mayfield is number three on the depth chart right now. The fact of when you look at how the Browns are approaching the season, and we're going to bring back some of what Mark Schlereth, NFL on Fox analyst, told us about what he thinks of the Browns situation and I completely agree with him. But when you look at the situation, there's a short-term aspect, Jonas, and there's a long-term aspect. And while Stink's going to deal with the, the short-term when we, we hear from him, the long-term aspect is this as well. If Baker Mayfield isn't ready, you know, as you say, there is there's you don't want to put him in. And you if you put him in, you can't turn back. That is the thing. If, if you were to be down 28 points and Tyrod Taylor pulled a quad, just a minor injury or tweaked an ankle, you're going to need a quarterback to finish that game. And guess what? The defense is in a in a prevent defense. Baker Mayfield takes the team down, goes down, and let's say scores a touchdown. And all of a sudden now you're heading into week two and you have a quarterback controversy. You can't turn back from Baker Mayfield if he is your second string quarterback. I think that there's going to be a time when Baker Mayfield takes over the controls but when that time comes, he is not going to lose the reins of that team. It is going to be his team. And by making Drew Stanton the second-string quarterback behind Tyrod Taylor, it allows them that leeway in case Tyrod Taylor gets injured that they don't have to turn over the team to Baker Mayfield kind of to the point of before he's ready. But it also means that they can't go back to Tyrod Taylor if Baker Mayfield had any sort of success on the football field. Um, I know that that is the thought. And, it, you know, that's something that we've always heard is that if you turn over the starting job to a rookie quarterback and they struggle, you can't go back. You can't bench him and then put the veteran back in. It would just it, it would hurt his confidence. But like just if we could talk about just that mentality for a second. Isn't that kind of alarming that if a guy gets punished because he isn't playing well, that you that hurts his confidence to the point to where you scar the rest of his career. Like like and and, and say it's that not, again. Look, so okay. so like say Baker Mayfield goes in and he struggles and he's punished because he didn't play well and they bench him. The idea that well no you're not allowed to bench him because that would hurt his confidence. You can't uh, once you you know give him the job you can't turn back. And, and I know, and it's not just you thinking that. We've all known this as NFL fans. We've heard this from coaches, uh, organizations. But the idea of that a guy would be so fragile that benching him for poor play would would somehow hurt his confidence moving forward, as sure. opposed to guy plays the best, keeps his job. I just I I don't understand that mentality. I, I can see why I think it's that way at pretty much every position in the NFL except quarterback. It's the and it's not saying that, that Baker strange, Mayfield though? is it's not saying that he's fragile. 
It's just that you don't want to go back and forth because you've got to find a leader of the team. And the leader of the team, in more times than not, is the quarterback. So you can't toggle between the two once it's given to once the job is given to Baker Mayfield, not only is he the starting quarterback, he's the leader of that team. And I think that has an effect on the other guys that if you're going back and forth between Tyrod Taylor and Baker Mayfield, you don't know who the leader is. And so that's and that position is so unique. So I don't know if it's I don't think it's even as is Baker being fragile. I think it's the the weight of that position that causes you to do that, to, to have that. Because you're right, at any other it, it seems odd to think that somebody would be so fragile because if they're so fragile, why would they be in that position anyway? How are they going to succeed? I think it's the quarterback position that the reason that occurs is because you need someone to be a leader. Because I wonder what the message is to the rest of the team. To How many guys on that team should uh, uh, Baker Mayfield go in there and struggle a little bit but still keep his job? How many guys on the team, if they struggle and lose their job, would not point at Baker Mayfield and say, wait, so he can play like crap and he still keeps his gig, but I struggle a little bit and you guys don't stand by me? It's always been something I found interesting. And it's not – not to, to pick on your point at all, because your point is 100% valid. That's the way the thought process has been in the NFL for a long time. I also wonder, because, and it all kind of comes full circle, because the Bills did that exact thing to Nathan Peterman last year. They gave Nathan Peterman one half of football at the Chargers, one of the better defenses in the league, and it was embarrassing. And I am. That's why I've been curious to see how Nathan Peterson, Peterman, recovers from that because he played one half through five interceptions, and they could not bench him fast enough. And then if you're Hugh Jackson, didn't he like bench Deshaun Kaiser at one point and then put him back yeah, in the game at one point? Like there's so- yeah, Houston, and that was the game that you could argue that the Browns passed on Deshaun Watson because they ended up making the trade right. that allowed the Texans to get him. And I felt that at the time that Hugh Jackson was like, all right, we don't want Deshaun against Deshaun because their Deshaun's going to be a lot better than ours. But yeah, benched him for it's, Kevin Hogan. I it's, it's always been an interesting thought process when it comes to rookie quarterbacks and how you handle them um, that is just, to, to your point, different than any other position on the field. Because if you're a running back and you're averaging 2.2 a clip and and the veteran's playing better than you, sorry, pal, you're not you're not getting on the field. Yeah, well, there's there's another point to that when you talk about the, the veterans and other guys performing. Realistically, if you're the Cleveland Browns, and I know that Baker Mayfield and his future is the, the biggest issue for Cleveland's success or the biggest factor of Cleveland's success going forward, but who do you get a real judge of amongst the other players on that offense with your quarterback being either Tyrod Taylor or Baker Mayfield? I think that you can find out a lot more about David and Joku. You can find out a lot more about who your running backs are when you actually have stability at quarterback. If you put Baker Mayfield in there, maybe you don't get a read on some of these other guys that you want to know. Maybe you don't get a read on Antonio Callaway and if he's ready for that spot. Maybe maybe you do, and, and, and maybe that's a risk that you take. But I also wonder, Jonas, if you're the Cleveland Browns and you're trying to analyze all these new pieces that you have on offense or pieces that you want to see develop, maybe the best way that those pieces develop is with Tyrod Taylor and not worrying about Baker Mayfield's development. And, and mixed in with this whole dynamic is the fact that you've got a head coach who's got to win games. Yeah, like there is no like it is year three. You have to win games. You've got one win out of thirty-two games. He's in a bad spot. And that was the point that Mark Schlereth, NFL on Fox analyst, made for us earlier on the show when he joined us talking Cleveland Browns and Hugh Jackson. Let's face it, he wasn't the pick of that general manager. So 
if you want to retain that job, you're going to have to win. The best chance to win is playing a veteran quarterback in Tyrod Taylor, who took a Buffalo team to the playoffs. There's no question the Cleveland Browns are a far more talented team than they've been. Um, you just look at their roster construction. So if I don't play the veteran, we're not going to win, and I'm going to be out of a job after week three. So I think at least six weeks before you make that move as an organization. That was Mark Schlereth on when he would put Baker Mayfield into the starting lineup for the Cleveland Browns and at least stick with Tyrod Taylor early just for, as you mentioned, Hugh Jackson's job security. Yeah, I mean, look, what was Hugh Jackson's big issue last year, a quarterback with the Cleveland Browns? Turnovers. Deshaun Kaiser couldn't stop turning the ball over. At least you get at least that much from Tyrod Taylor. It, you know, it's one less thing to worry about. It's like if you've got a bunch of debts and you finally pay off one of them or you pay off one credit card, it's like, okay, look, I, I'm not wealthy by any means, but at least I have that not to worry about anymore. So at least he knows with Tyrod Taylor, he's not going to turn the ball over. That's a strength of Tyrod Taylor. Historically, he's one of the best ever as far as a touchdown to interception ratio and mm-hmm. turning the ball over. And so it just becomes this weird sort of dynamic in Cleveland where at some point, I like you've got to see what you got in Baker Mayfield, but your head coach wants to keep his job. So like, and, and John Dorsey, he's cool because he's got job security. He just got there and mm-hmm. he's trying to build a winner. And that wasn't the coach that he hired. So that's why I just, I wonder how many of those players in that locker room are sitting around looking at Hugh Jackson going, yeah, no, we hear you, Hugh, but uh, yeah, we're going to be here next year. Are you? Yeah. Because I, I really, it's it's yeah. a, it's a strange dynamic there in Cleveland, which is why it's it's been fascinating to see inside the coach's room, inside the locker room, what it's like there. You know, whether it's Todd Haley or Hugh Jackson or whoever handing down the controls to to some of these players on hard knocks. Yeah, we get to see yeah how it plays out every single Tuesday of what's going on at Browns camp, and maybe we'll see Des Bryant in the next episode. Is again, he's visiting with the Browns today. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Talking baseball with our good friend from the MLB Network. Check out the Morning Lineup podcast and MLB.com correspondent covering baseball. Richard Justice joins us here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, Richard, thanks so much for the time. Yeah, thank you for having me. Let's uh, start out with uh, Ronald Acuna. When you saw the beaning last night, your first impressions or initial reaction on what you saw between the Marlins and Braves? Uh, I was enraged. I mean, there's no no question that it was intentional. And my second thought was, okay, who told this kid to do this? I knew it wasn't Don Mattingly. He was just a young guy, hyped up, and he uh, did something that could have had a terrible outcome. I think Acuna's in the lineup tonight, so... You know, look, what I felt so terrible about is the Braves have been maybe the best story in baseball this year. And this guy, how often does a guy that gets super hyped, how often is he as good as we as advertised and then some? That's what this kid has been. Homered in his second game, and he is just, you know, he, was, he took off in spring training at 20 years old. You think, he can't be this good. He's that good. And they're two young guys, two of the three youngest players in baseball. They're a second baseman, Ozzy Albies of what have made the Braves part of what have made the Braves such a great story this year. So, yeah, I didn't like it, and I, I would I would imagine that Don Mattingly and the Marlins are going to punish the kid. Uh, and I know they're going to be playing each other again coming up uh, actually next week, uh, if my math is correct here. So if, if that's the case, and 
and and say they meet up again, do you expect any sort of retribution, or is this just a one-off scenario and it's one player basically against an entire team? Yeah, I think that's exactly it. I think it was one player against 50, and uh, it's just like we're getting away from that. You know, I, I covered the Orioles in the 80s and 90s, and their philosophy was, why don't we just get the next hitter out? You know, let's just let's just do our job. And I think more and more that's the way teams are approaching it. There's not a lot of that stuff you used to see when Tony LaRusso and, and Dusty Baker would play card, those Cardinals Cubs games when it looked like they ought to take it out on the street and let the player let the managers fight and the players play. Richard Justice joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Jonas Knox. I'm Dan Beyer in for Doug Gottlieb on the Doug Gottlieb Show. There was a lot that bothered me about it, Richard. One of which was the Braves are in the thick of it. They're leading the division. This is one of their young guys, and the Marlins weren't out of it. Is is that something in the what we are talking about, the unwritten rules of baseball or things that come up? That was one of the things that that bothers me. Was that rare for 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 you to see something like this with a with a team that has a lot on the line losing it because one team who's not even in it was reckless? I no, I think you're just overthinking it. It was young one young guy that thought he was gonna make a statement for his team on a guy that had tortured against a guy that had tortured them. His manager didn't like it. You know, his teammates didn't like it. And the Braves obviously went bananas about it, as they should have. I think the only upshot is that, that Acuna wasn't hurt worse. I mean, it looked like it was going to be bad. So, yeah, I don't. I think it was one guy doing something, and I don't think he paid, was paying any attention to the standings or anything else. He just didn't want the guy to hit a home run off him. Uh, Richard Justice with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Dan Byer, Jonas Knox in for Doug Gottlieb. Um, is there any team in the National League who you give a realistic shot in the World Series against mo- what looks to be most likely the Boston Red Sox? Yo, you mean which team has the best chance? You know, I, I, I think it. I think the way Philadelphia's pitching has held up, and the way their bullpen has held up, and the postseason is a bullpen game. I think they're in the mix. I think Arizona's in the mix. Um, I don't see the Dodgers doing it unless they get Kenley Jansen back. You know, it's fine. All those other arms behind him, Scott Alexander, Valles, and all those, those guys are, are really good. But there's a difference in pitching the seventh inning and pitching the ninth, and you've got to have a particular mentality to pitch the ninth, and Kenley Jansen was the best in baseball. I, I still like the Cubs. I think they've got a shot. I, You know, it, Jim Leland always said, don't tell me who's the best team in the regular season. Tell me who gets to the postseason, they're healthy, their pitchers aren't exhausted, and they've got a good vibe about them. So, you know, I mean, Houston won the World Series last year, but look how they did it. They had, if Alex Bregman doesn't homer off Chris Sale in Game 4 of the Division Series, they're headed back to Houston for a Game 5. The Astros had to win two elimination games at home against the Yankees to go to the World Series. And then, you know, the World Series won seven games, and Games 2 and 5 were as crazy as I'll ever see it. It's like a thousand little pieces of confetti have to fall into place. Richard Justice joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. You can see him on the MLB Network. Read him on MLB. Read him on MLB.com, and also check out the Morning Lineup podcast. Is Mike Matheny's firing the reason for this Cardinals resurgence? Um, yeah, you don't discount it. You know, you it clearly changed the environment. I, I'm not. You know, Matt Carpenter was asked that question the other day, and and what Matt said was, "Look, we're winning now." And so it's going to look like we're having more fun. It's going to look like the environment is lighter and there's more energy and all that. 
basically John Mozalek turned over his team. He turned the pitching staff over. I think half the pitching staff is 25 or younger. Young guys like Harrison Bader are playing every day. And Matt Carpenter got insanely hot. But I do think the environment is part of it. Sometimes you just have to change the voice. And it, it, it's never just one thing, but it's, it showed you that the Cardinals believed in their team and they were going to keep changing the mix so they tried to get it right. Uh, Richard Justice of MLB.com with us here on uh, Fox Sports Radio. Dan Byer, Jonas Knox in for Doug Gottlieb. Is there a team that's in the hunt for a playoff spot that you just don't buy? You, you think it, it's a little smoke and mirrors at this point, and if they get to the postseason, you don't take them as a serious threat? Uh, no. I mean, like we talked earlier about about the Dodgers without Kenley Jansen. They, they can't win a championship. But, no, I think all the teams that have a chance to go, you know, especially in the American League, I know you guys agree with that, because Cleveland is hurt without Trevor Bauer. But they have a big-time bullpen, and they have a couple of guys at the front of the rotation that are capable of winning. You know, until the Yankees get their pitching straightened out, they're not going to win a championship, and I don't know how you do that. You know, out of, you know, Severino has suddenly looked human, and you know, Sabathia, Tanaka pitched well today, Sabathia's hurt. All of that, I mean, it's uh, kind of a worst-case scenario for those guys. Richard Justice here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Jonas Knox. I'm Dan Beyer. What about the Mariners? I know they're only two and a half out, but now you've got injuries to the pitching staff as well. I mean, mean, is this – it's just two and a half games, but it seems a lot bigger in that AL West, at least for the second wild card behind Oakland. Well, Oakland looks like the best team in baseball right now. I mean, (laughs) they look – they can play with the Red Sox right now. Um, um, And – you say, well, I'm not buying the pitching. I'm not buying the pitching either, but Brett Anderson pitched as good a game as you will see this year, uh, yesterday against Seattle. And then look what they're getting out of Trevor Cahill and Chris Bassett and Edwin Jackson. Now they added Mike Fires. I, I don't quite – it's not what we expected, but that's part of the fun of it. And Houston finally is going to be whole again, almost whole. They have you know, they had their three pillars, Springer, Correa, and Altuve, all out. Two of them are back. Will be back tomorrow when they play at Oakland. Altuve maybe a few days away. I think he's going to be back at some point soon. Yeah, um, but you know, Oakland. I mean, Seattle now has Cano back, and they need to. They just have to hold their breath that that Paxton is not gone for a, for a, for a long time, and that King Felix can re- replace him. It would be a crime that the Mariners broke the 17-year drought, and King Felix, who's been so great for the franchise, the city and just one of the great people to ever put on the uniform that he can't play a more prominent role than he has so far. Uh, being you somebody who's covered baseball for so long and you talk to so many people who are in in the sport and, and have, have watched these teams and know the minor league systems and how they develop, did anybody see this happening with Oakland this year? And and if so, when did it start? When was the building when did the building block start for this this organization? In the second half of last year when uh, they put the two mats at the corner infield spot, I mean, it changed Matt Chapman and Matt Olson. It changed everything. Matt Chapman is going to get votes for American League MVP. He's the best defensive player in the game. He's an impact player. Those two guys just, it was all of a sudden you could see it. Bob Melvin would tell you, I, I, you know, we all had a different spring in our step. And, Chris, you know, we knew Piscotti getting him, that was a good addition. I think we knew they would score enough runs. I don't think anybody saw Blake Trina and Lou Trevino becoming these dominant guys in the eighth and ninth inning. But the biggest thing, and the thing that no one saw coming, was how good that rotation has been among you know guys that you would not expect. Brett Anderson has started opening day for the for the A's in the past. He's been around and around. He's been hurt a lot. 
I think it was just a matter of him staying healthy. But the other guys, you just know you didn't see it coming. I mean, I think the, with the no-no earlier this year, I thought, oh, that'll be the A's headline of the season. Right. Far from it. Uh, Richard Justice, again, see him on MLB Network. Check out the Morning Lineup podcast. Read him on MLB.com and find him on Twitter, simple enough, at Richard Justice. We appreciate it, Richard. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Thank you for having me. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio Music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.